The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. What's up, fitness internet family? This is the Fitness Reborn podcast. I'm Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movement ahead of workout. And my guest this morning is Ronnie Niami, uh, nutrition, fitness, mindset coach, and just all around kind of extraordinary human being from what I'm reading. So I'm really kind of really kind of eager to kind of dig into this a little bit more here. Um, so Ronnie, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. It's my pleasure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Ronnie, uh, so you, you said you're located in, is it Sweden or Finland Finland, right now? Finland, yeah, that's next to Sweden. So in Scandinavia, Europe. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, cool. So glad you're able to come on here sometimes with a big time difference. We have issues here like we spoke about before broadcasting, but thanks again for your time. And well, I just kind of want to, so you're, you're a fitness coach and you're also the chief operating officer of, was it like a, a PVT labs? Yeah, PVT Labs. Labs. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. So, um, well, let's kind of uh, let's kind of start with the backstory here before we get into like uh, what you do here for a living here. So, just kind of, I want to kind of uh, start out with here. The um, you started out with something a date that was pretty significant here. Um, yeah, it was and back. you got it's a very specific date with a time here. So, I kind of want to go into that with you. So what is specific about March 22nd, 2021 at 1034 in the morning? I just had my uh, a morning meeting. Uh, I just made my, my myself breakfast, standing in my home kitchen. Hmm. All of a sudden, I was actually having porridge. That's something we Scandinavians do have more or less each morning. So I had a protein porridge and then it was just about to finish. And all of a sudden, it felt like you know a, a, a lighting striking me or hitting me in my head. And I started feeling, uh, you know, if, if you have like a real bad headache or migraine, something like that, it was like 10 times 100. And it felt like it was like burning from back of my head, starting going front and especially on the, on the, on the right side of my head. Uh, it, it was just crazy. I had to, to, to leave the breakfast. I, I went to bed. My wife came along and asked, you know, what's, what's up? And I said, I actually got no fucking idea what's, what's going on. I laid down in bed and I was just, you know, trying to, to kind of, you know, <laughs> remain, remain um, being there. And, and uh, she asked, you know, how can I help? How can I help? And I said, I have no clue because I had no clue what's going on. And uh, by that time, I worked for a company back in Germany. So we, we had uh, 14 different web stores supplement stores online and i wrote the guys that hey I'm, I'm i'm out for a while i probably probably got a real bad migraine or something like that uh, i'll get back later one hour in uh, you know my wife tried to you know call the hospital and, and uh, nobody nobody replied it was just you know waiting for for her turn so uh, she called 911 or actually here it's 112 and uh, you know they sent an ambulance right away and uh, and it took, it took me in for, for stroke. So uh, I had like a backstory uh, before that, uh, that takes me back to 2018, late 2018 with a lot of stress, a lot of, a lot of financial struggles, uh, divorce, you know, like a, my life changed quite a lot. And also uh, 
by the end of the year, uh, I got diagnosed with cancer. So I had 28 surgeries going on before uh, everything happened that time and that date that just told me about, told us about. So uh, there were a lot of things going on, burnouts, uh, you know, whatever, where, uh, you know, long story short, there was a lot of things that uh, just ended up in, in uh, getting way too much. So, uh, yeah, the ambulance, ambulance took me to the uh, emergency, emergency room. I remember when I, when I laid down in the ambulance and I looked out at the window, you know, just more or less seeing my life, like in fast forwarding in front of me. And I thought, man, was this really it? You know, <laughs> is this like, you know, where we're going to end? So um, they had me in for uh, actually a couple of surgeries uh, in my spine. Um, I got back home later on. Um, I had like a, a, a just a crazy headache. I mean, I, I could, if it was bad when I went in, it was 10 times worse when I got out. And they told me that, you know, after the surgery is pretty normal uh, procedure that you'll have a crazy headache for one day or maybe two days. But after that, it should be fine. Five days in, you know, I, I couldn't sit up for 30 seconds or more. I just had to lay down. So um, I told my wife that you, you, need to, you need to get me to the hospital. I, I, can't, I can't really stand it anymore. I'm getting insane. I couldn't, I, I, the only thing I could do was sleep or lay down. When I get up for you know, to the toilet or whatever, roughly 30 seconds in, it was like, you know, it was killing me. So I had the, the one more surgery. And after that, um, you know, the headache was better, but I still got chronic headache. I got still a chronic, what do you call it? When it, you know, you call it in English, is tinnitus when it's, you know, ringing in your ears all the time. And it, it, gets, it gets worse uh, when, uh, when there's like a real bad and long, a lot of stress. But uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm, um, I'm good today. <laughs> How long did it take you to recover? <laughs> I would say actually, because I, I, I came, everything culminated in, you know, coming in from bad burnout to, to, to that. Um, and that was in late March. So I would say somewhere around in, in, in the middle of the summer, end of June, July, I would say, then I started getting better because I got some help from, uh, you know, you know um, how to handle the situation. Uh, the doctors wanted to prescribe me a lot of medicine, but I, I didn't want to take it on. So, uh, of course, that was also, also a decision, decision from my point of view, just to try to make it better and working because I, had, I, I knew I had like a lot of things to work on on my like personal side when it came to, you know, prioritizing myself more because I had prioritized everything and everyone else before me, uh, you know, for a long, long time before this happened, actually. So I knew there's like a, there's a blueprint that I need to start working on uh, and, and the blueprint or the mission is me. You, know, you might, might sound selfish, but I, I had to make a lot of different changes in my, in my daily life, in my daily routines, and then, uh, you know, change it up from there. So you said, okay, so you had to work on yourself here. So um, obviously you had a lot of things going on professionally. Um, and, you know, it's not uncommon for that to kind of weigh down a person to the point where something's going to suffer. 
Um, if you take on a lot of things in one direction or another, personally or professionally, there's usually everyone tries to hit that balance, you know, that right equilibrium where things are just working in perfect harmony, right? Yeah, so it <laughs> so, doesn't exist really. <laughs> no, right. It doesn't it doesn't really exist. Or if it does seem to exist, it's really just an aberration because it's you know, like like we said, so, you know, one or the other is gonna suffer and sometimes we have things come along that can be physical manifestations of the kind of stress we're living under. So do you think was it it was diagnosed as a cerebral infarction. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that possibly related to the, uh, the stress going on in your professional life and, and your personal life? Yeah. Everything, everything's, you know, backtracked to that really. So, uh, you know, and I really think, um, because, you know, everyone talks a lot about stress and, you know, stress is bad for you and then it definitely can be bad for you. I mean, I've, I've seen it, but I think it's also a lot of, to, or has to do with how you, how you look at stress, you know, how you, how you, you know, treat the stress. Is stress really bad for you or, or is it going to be an, an asset as well? So I think that's a switch that happened for me as well back then because, yeah, a few years back, I, I, I looked at stress as a purely just a bad thing. Now I might see, look at stress as, you know, a, a, kind of a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. It keeps me awake. It keeps me on my toes. It keeps me going forward all the time because I, I know that the more I have to do, of course, I can have, say I have more stress if I have more things to do on my plate. But uh, it also keeps me, you know, moving forward all the time. And, and uh, now I, yeah, I look at stress in a different way than I did back then. So I think that's also a, a really important takeaway for many people to, you know, how you look at things. Let's get into, you know, just touch base shortly on a di different topic. Uh, I have a client that needs to drop weight. It's it's a he. It's it's a male, and uh, he tells me, you know, he eats my might eat five times a day, you know, a good balanced pro, uh, nutrition program, um, high protein, medium maybe low carbs, uh, medium low fat, and he tells me in the evening, Ronnie, I'm hungry. I said that's that that's what you should feel. That's what fat loss feels like. You know, the way of thinking, uh, many people think that, you know, hunger is a bad thing. I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah, but man, you're, you're eating like four or five, six times a day. If you would say you're hungry and you're eating once a day or once a week, and I said, yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> I hear you. It's a bad thing. But uh, it, that's also when you know, how you look at things. If you look at hunger as a bad thing, if your goal is to, to lose weight and you're still eating, you know, what you should be eating, then it's a good thing. Your body works. And uh, same same thing goes for stress, as I see it today. But of course, you know, too much is too much of everything. But um, looking at the whole picture, I think that's also important to, you know, being able to see, to look at things in different ways and not just through the perspective that we most often look. So how do you differentiate between, you know, the stress that, like I like what you just said, like the stress of being hungry could be part of the fat loss experience is what your client needs to do. Yeah. Um, and I think we all can know the kind of stress that we actually want. Like we're, if we're building muscle, that obviously is putting stress on the body in a way that we want. So we are forgiving of that. Um, but then, you know, isn't there kind of like a certain threshold and maybe a certain line that you probably shouldn't cross when in terms of the stress? Like, I mean, just going back to the example of your client here, I mean, he says he's hungry all the time. Well, generally, you know, our body's telling us we're hungry is a 
you know, physiological response that we should probably heed and do something about, yeah. uh, you know, you're uh, kind of re recontextualizing his response to or his attitude towards feeling hungry saying, well, that's part of the improvement process. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 But I think, you know, you always need to look at the big picture because of course, if, if the person is, let's say the, the, the client is hungry and he, you know, eats what he eats, but he still, you know, moves a lot of steps each day. He might be, be working construction work or whatever, and using a lot of calories, you know, burning a lot of calories throughout the day. And then also maybe doing cardio, maybe also working out at the gym. Of course, we need to look at the whole equation and not just one single task, but, but uh, uh, then we also can mix in, of course, the uh, recovery, the sleep, and, you know, the, mm -hmm. the entire situation of, or, you know, his daily routines. But if, if we just pick different parts, I think we can still uh, improve in a way of thinking instead of just, you know, being the one that feels. We, we need mm -hmm. to have a program and we need to operate due to the program that is aligned to our purpose or to our to, to goals instead of just feeling. Because if we start feeling, you know, um, I'm a person that I, I get up pretty early. I don't know what's early to other people, but I get up at 4.30 each morning. Um, then my alarm goes off. But I, most often I, I wake up around 4 by myself. Uh, yeah, I would like to feel or I feel many mornings that I would like to, to stay in bed with my wife because it would warm and go in and I could stay in bed for one, two, three, four hours. But um, I choose not to because that's something that I've been you know, promising myself to get up each time, each, each day, uh, same time. I have a different or a special morning routine that I go through each morning. And um, I think that's, um, you know, when you stay aligned to your goals, you, you, you ain't negotiate, negotiating with, your, with yourself. Then I also think you can achieve so much more instead of, you know, always finding a reason or an explanation or excuse to choose the more, the more comfortable comfortable choice um, and that's what I see a lot of people doing and uh, you know that's also why I think a lot of people are uh, they ain't getting forward really so in terms of going back to your own life here so you you were you had all kinds of stress like you said just a couple of years ago you know going through a divorce and then getting diagnosed with cancer um, I mean that's enough to rattle anybody so but you had all kinds of things going on in your life that were adding undue stress to you. And you had, how did you kind of weed out what was worth the, what was worth the, you know, the pain and what wasn't? Yeah, I, I actually had a, uh, I always had coaches, uh, fitness coaches in my life. And um, when I realized that, okay, now my competitive career is over, I need to focus on something else. I also had to try to find the, uh, the energy, you know, the energy that I got from competing from, uh, preparing for the next show from, uh, you know, writing down in my calendar, you know, a date somewhere in the world where I would, you know, be in shape. I had to find that energy from doing something else. So I, I started looking for mentors that um, kind of had the same backstory as me. They could understand me and, you know, probably guide me as well. And I had a meeting with a well-respected guy from, from Canada been competing as uh, in Mr. Olympia show many, many times. He's a world famous coach. And he asked me, right, you know, what's the more, three most important things for you in life? Everyone who knows me knows me that, you know, the family is, is, is big to me. 
my families, the ones I live with, and also my, my close friends. So I said, you know, uh, my family. Number two, my work. And number three, uh, my own health. So then he asked me, okay, so if you have these three as your main, uh, you know, main things, the most important things to you in life, what about if you ain't totally healthy? You know, what can you bring to the table for your family? And I was like, mm, okay, I, not everything I want. And maybe not even close to. I said, okay, okay, good. So if you ain't fully healthy, what about your work? You know, how much can you put into work? And, um, you know, how fulfilled will you feel about doing what you're doing? I said, okay, most likely I won't be happy with my, because I'm, I'm, I'm real, I kind of hard myself and I always want to perform uh, at my at my best. So he said, okay, so that, that ain't going to happen, happen then either. So what do we got left? And I was like, hmm, that's myself. I said, there you go. You need to start prioritizing, prioritizing yourself way, way more. And that doesn't mean that you're selfish. It means that you love everyone around you. You love what you do. You love your work. You love your clients. But that's where you need to start. And that was kind of the the, uh, the turning point for me. I remember we had like a 30-minute call. And everything. This, this discussion maybe took us two minutes in the early discussion. And it was like, man, that's it. it, it the, the answer was too close, actually, for me to mm. see it. Um, because I've been competing for 15 years in, in bodybuilding. I've been a high school teacher for 10 years. I've been, uh, you know, I'm dad of two two uh, wonderful sons. Um, so I've, I've been, you know, I've been giving a lot to a lot of people. And that, that's something that I've always been doing. I like helping people. But uh, before you can help someone, you really need to help yourself. You need to heal yourself. And that was kind of the turning point for me where everything started. It's been a really interesting journey, actually, since then. Because there's always new layers to to understand, to get into, and, and um, explore. So going on that, uh, how, what did you do to prioritize yourself? What was the journey like from that point on? Yeah, yeah. Actually, because back then I had, um, I mean, I've always been for the past twenty five years. I've been eating as a bodybuilder. I've been been training as a bodybuilder, and and uh, but by that time I also always made place for everyone else, you know, to, to do what they would like to do around me. Uh, if my wife wanted to go train or, or my son had something going on in his, uh, you know, after school or not after school, after kindergarten, uh, they always came first. So I didn't have like a real schedule. I, I worked a lot, like a, a lot. And um, if I had time, you know, and, and then we came into the uh, discussion that I, how I felt, you know, did I feel go training after work? Did I feel to have that fifth meal, even though I, I knew I should? Or, you know, would I skip it? And and uh, many of those days, even even though I had the sound or the voice inside of me telling that you, this is what you need to do, I skipped it because I thought, all right, I'll just do this. I'll finish this task. I'll, I'll drive him there. And then I will. So I started to negotiate with myself. I started to... Um, you know, down prioritizing my my own needs, which you know, one thing led to the other. You know, if if you talk to yourself in that way, I wouldn't call it like a negative self talk, but still not positive self talk either. So then you just feed that feeling, you feed that uh, kind of frequency. So you're dropping in frequency, and, and uh, you know, 
looking at others instead of looking at yourself, looking more, you know, at the world through the window, not the, uh, not the mirror. So I think that was, that was one of the big, biggest, uh, biggest things that I had to start work with, uh, starting looking at the world and, and myself through the mirror, not the window. So uh, going into bodybuilding, so you said you trained mostly, lived and trained mostly as a bodybuilder. Yeah. For for the majority of your life. So what got what got you into bodybuilding? Was there yeah, was that's, a, that's the need to have more muscle? That's also an interesting story. I uh, mm-hmm. I always uh, you know looked up to strong guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and I played ice hockey at, at a pretty high level back in my days. I was 21 when I had the uh, I was 1 month away from signing my first professional contract. So I was about to move to France and then play um um, you know, division one, that's like the, the second highest level of, of, of hockey in, in at that time. I mean, we're talking to 2001, so it's uh, quite a while ago, but one month before roughly one month before leaving to France, I also, uh, started to become a, a, a teacher, a sports teacher. So we played something that, that is pretty close to rugby or American football without any contact inside. And, uh, yeah, I was pretty quick. I was pretty light at that time. So, so I, I. I made some some moves, and uh, when I jumped on my left leg and was going to the right, to the right, I just he- he- heard like a, a sound like knock, it snapped, and I felt like a burning feeling in my knee. Uh, I fell, I fell, uh, yeah, to the floor, and uh, you know the, the game stopped. And I, I remember removing my pants and looking down my knee. The the kneecap wasn't there anymore. It's like, oh, where is it? <laughs> it was on the, back, on the back of my knee. So oh. I, it was just like a like a. I, I didn't think. I, I just, you know, put it back there, oh. and, and uh, it hurt like shit. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I got up and I realized, okay, I ain't playing anymore. So um, mm. uh, the next day, I went down to the hockey arena, and they asked me if I, you know, gonna join them. I said, no, not today. But I'm, I'll be right back. I'll be back in a few days. So I was waiting for the uh, to get to the doctor and have a full scan. And after the full scan, the doctor just looked at me and said, you know you're walking here i said yeah of course i said that's pretty amazing and what do you mean and i said sit down sir and he showed me the the x-rays and uh i said everything's totally up in the knee <laughs> everything is literally totally damaged so um that was a, like a huge turning point for me both mentally and physically because uh, i knew i ain't gonna play hockey anymore i was mm-hmm. like I, I dedicated 70 years of my life uh, fully to that. And I was close to my breakthrough. So, so I, I went to the gym and started to recover train, re- train for recovery. And, um, you know, I, I got pretty strong, actually. I weighed, I weighed some just below 70 kilos back then. So I started training for a powerlifting meeting actually. Um, but I went to a, a meeting and, and just as, you know, looking at the, the guys competing, uh, three months before my meeting was, and I remember I saw a guy was squatting. He went down. And when he got the mark to get up again, he just fell apart. And I was like, man, that's pretty much what I might be doing with my knees. Mm. So I realized that, okay, that ain't my way of training either. So what can I do? Uh, and that's when I started bodybuilding. All right. So bodybuilding, as we know, it's a very immersive sport. Um, and it's... 
by by many indications, it's also kind of lonely too, um, because it's really just kind of you and the weights, and it is you, you get the you get the feeling that when you when you watch a when you watch a bodybuilder and you watch how they train and you watch what they're going for here, like it's very because what little contact I have had with people who do train this way, like it really is obsessive. It is is to a science is a life is absolutely everything that they do. Um, so did you kind of like were you refunneling your your uh, your love for hockey was now going into into bodybuilding? Was it just a transfer of energy that way? I think that, and you know, I've been com competitive all my life since I was six years old, seven years old. Actually, I've been been playing hockey, football. I've been doing track and field. I've been skiing. I've been been golfing. Not not golfing. Playing tennis. Sorry, mm -hmm. um, and, and a lot of different sports. So so I had to feel, you know, that I'm I'm competing in something. And what I love with bodybuilding and fitness was that I can do it whenever I I, I can get it in. You know, when train hockey, you got to be there. If, if training starts at 6, 6 p.m., you need to be there at 5, 5.30 at latest, change the gear and get on ice at 6. Uh, I, I love hockey and I have nothing bad to say about it, but it's, you know, it was also pretty much due to that timeline that you got. If you got a schedule, you need to follow a schedule. And mm -hmm. when I was bodybuilding, I could go in at the gym at 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. It didn't really matter. When I had the time doing it, I, I just went in there. So I think that was one thing that I liked with the, with the sport and also the thing of getting more discipline in your life. Uh, you know, at, at that point, being a young guy, I, I, uh, there, there wasn't any internet. You know, I was buying all the magazines. I was ordering them from the from US and they, was, they, were, they were like expensive as shit. But I ordered everything I just got my hands on because I want to learn, learn, learn more, learn more, learn more. So I, I remember uh, we just moved here or maybe half, we're living half time in Helsinki, which is the capital of Finland, uh, in southern Finland, and then we're half time up in, in a city called Vasa. So uh, moving here, I found like a big, big, big box full of uh, Flex magazine and muscle development and muscle and fitness, uh, like worth several thousands of euros because I, you know, I saved them up. So, um, yeah, I think um, that was one thing that I liked about it at the time usage and also the the discipline that I started realizing that you know you need to follow a, a, a different a program when you eat you need to follow a program when you train at that time I didn't really understand the mindset thing at all really it was more about you know go all in and, and uh, move the heavy weights and uh, yeah kind of feel <laughs> feel feel strong think you're strong right so uh, but yeah I think that's something most of the young guys even today are, are, you know, liking about it and, you know, seeing results and, uh, you know, yeah. Well, it's kinda, it just kind of goes back to what we said earlier is about the idea, the, the fallacy of uh, achieving balance here. Because when you said mm -hmm. like, you went into it, when, you know, when you're buying all these magazines and you're learning everything you can and you're, and you're spending money that you maybe don't really have, but you're mm -hmm. <laughs> spending it anyway exactly, exactly. so you can learn more about it. Um, mm -hmm. That's the very definition of unbalanced. Um, mm -hmm. You're not you're not taking it in stride. This is not a fleeting hobby. This is not a, mm -hmm. you know a passing interest here. You know it, it makes me think of what uh, Tim Grover said. You know when he turned, talking about you know his two clients Kobe Bryant and mm -hmm. uh, Michael Jordan's like these guys were not interested in winning. These guys were obsessed with winning. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's the difference. You know, you can't be interested and obsessed. It doesn't work that day. No, 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 so. no, no, no. And I think especially that time, you know, it, it was, to me, it's, it has really never been about making money. You know, it mm. has really never been about, make, about making money. And uh, I also started back in those days. I, I worked as a high school teacher. When I drove back from school, I went to the gym and, you know, I had a few clients, uh, personal training clients. I had a, uh, my eldest son was, was real small back then. So uh, I went home and, you know, spent time with him. And around 9.30 each evening, or it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I also was a sponsor. But I didn't have my own, you know, um, uh, position in, in, in the group. So I was also the one, always the one that they called first if someone is, you know, not going to work that night. But uh, back then we had a few of the guys, they were playing poker, you know, net poker. So if they were sitting at a table, you know, between 9.30 and 10 p.m., and they were either losing a lot of money or winning a lot of money, they just called, hey, can you get to work in 15 minutes? And I was like, yeah, I'll go, because it was so mm -hmm. good money back then. And I, I knew that if I go there, I have the money to buy the magazines, I have the money to buy the supplements, I have the money to support my own hobby, which I didn't get from being a teacher, you know, supplying my family with food and, and uh, clothes, whatever needed. So I knew that's my, <laughs> my, um, um, yeah, if I want, if, if I want to do what I'm doing, I need to take those turns. I want mm -hmm. to, I need to say, yeah, I'm coming. I'll be there in 15 minutes. So, um, yeah, it was Chris time. I did that for 10 years actually. And you were already, you, you're already married and you had children during this yeah, time. Yeah, that was, that was like back in the days, uh, with my, my, uh, one of my, my ex, uh, we, we weren't married to the, by, by, by that time, but, uh, it was one of my exes actually. Yeah. Okay. And so. You know, you go in that heavy handed into bodybuilding now. And we're talking again about, you know, going back to this magical word balance, you mm -hmm. know, balancing between now your new obsession and your family life here. So uh, did that cause a lot of conflict right there? Well, uh, I think everything's manageable if you're good at communicating and also want to understand each other. Uh, by that time, you know, me coming in from the from the hockey player, being the hockey player, Ronnie, to the one that ain't playing anymore, to the one that is uh, focusing on, on bodybuilding. And of course, I'm, I'm, I can see myself as not the perfect partner by, by that time, because uh, yeah, I had a lot of things going on, but um, she didn't either support what I was doing that, that much. She thought, that, I mean, why can't you go do like most people do? They train maybe two times a week, three times a week, something like that. And, and that's normal. I say, I, I don't like being normal. I like being, you know, me. I like be going all in what I'm doing, and uh, that eventually led led to us separating a few years later. Um, and then uh, after that, I've been in, in relationships where you know the significant other is supporting you, and that it's a huge difference. I mean, now me and my my wife, she's uh, she's also a coach. Uh, she works for us in the same supplement company as, as we're running, and um, you know where we share kind of everything, even though we still individuals doing things for our own. So um, I think uh, I've been trying pretty much all the, the uh, uh, equations on the radar when it comes to, you know, living with mm. different people and doing different things. And, and uh, but I think the communication is key, really. I mean, in, in all people, uh, relationships it might be personal relationships, work related things, um, friendships, whatever, if you ain't communicating, you know, it's, uh, it's always going to be real hard to, to, yeah, 
make make it work in a good way. I think it also comes down to like yeah, communication is great, but if you're like kind of if you're growing into someone different than you were when you went into the relationship, yeah, yeah, that yeah. person yeah. is not feeling that is not yeah. really you know on board with that. I think you're just it's. I might be wrong, but I think it's just kind of like it, it kind of spells the end. Right there. I mean, that's, that's life. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what you learn in life. You, you, I don't see things as, as failing or anything like that. I think it's experiences. You need to have those experiences because mm -hmm. without those experiences, I mean, what, you don't know nothing about life, really. So um, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of things, a lot of, uh, um, let's say, times, periods uh, through, throughout life that been uh, really really learning so um, both in good and bad but i think right. all in all it's it's uh, there's always a purpose for everything that happens right and do you think that is that uh, routinely what the people that you work with particularly young men who who come to you and want to train and looking to build muscle lose the fat and kind of go into this immersive world that you that you joined many years ago, do you find that's often the case with them too? Like they're just kind of, cause you, you made a comment earlier that, you know, a lot of the younger men these days seem to kind of have lost um, drive and focus. Mm -hmm. um, is, so is that a, a problem that you routinely run into? I would say that, and I, I don't think it's only related to the younger men. Um, I mean, most of my clients today I run just below 250 clients, like one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one clients, uh, which is uh, pretty much maxed out. Uh, but I have everything from the ones that are 16 years old to 68. So there's like a pretty big range of, of different people coming in from different, you know, uh, situations in life. And, and uh, uh, yeah, pretty much you can, you can, you can just name it. But uh, what I see most people lacking is a good routine. A good routine where you know like you, you you commit to your commitments and also how you look at yourself your self-talk is is that positive or is it negative um how you treat yourself how you treat others because you know there's a lot of coaches uh, you there's you can find a lot of programs on the internet for free and there's a lot of crazy good information out there nutrition programs training programs there's like endless of those you don't need to be, pay anything more and use a, lot, a, lot of, a, a bit of time of yours and you, you know, download whatever. So I, of course, the, the program is, is really important. I can make a program for you, for her, for, for that, that person, and I can put down how many, how much time, whatever, into it. But uh, when the person gets the blueprints, I think the, the person, the person needs to change before he or she really can use the blueprint. So I, th I think it's more about not how you do it. It's, it's more about who is doing it. And that's one thing that I see most people missing out on. When they come into the program, they're excited. They want to make the change here and there and there. And uh, I say, yeah, but we need to start working with you first. I said, what do you mean? I mean, if I ask, you know, someone, would, would you listen to yourself? A client coming in. I was like, what do you mean? I mean, if you look at yourself right now, would you listen to yourself? Would you take advice from yourself? And he, he might say that, yeah, maybe not. All right, that's where we just start first. And then I think that's where you get into the daily routines, how you think about yourself, how you look at yourself, how you treat yourself. And, um, you know, and that's always an interesting journey. 
So you go into you start with like a behavioral <laughs> modifications first, I, like I would call it something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of Which course, is what you're. I, yeah. Sorry, sorry, yeah. but of course I I write the programs and they're part of the transformation for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. But, uh, without talking about the uh, you know your mind and mindset and, and uh, what we just said, I think the the blueprint or the programs won't never be as effective as they could be. So it's an interesting question to ask somebody is like, would you, would you want to live with yourself? Would you want to take advice from yourself? That's kind of, a, that's a big question here. It kind of, it might depend on what the, uh, what the advice necessarily is. Um, yeah, but I mean, I mean like if, 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 if you talk about a person and uh, someone ain't in the position where they would like to be. Right. That's a good sign of that you're sucking at being you really. And, and that we need to unsuck that <laughs> before we can, you know, start looking at, you know, you climbing, climbing up the ladder, raising your frequency, raising your energy. Right. And, and um, so I, I, that's pretty much when I start off. And I had a really interesting discussion with a client. He got on, I think it was in, 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 in March this year. Mm -hmm. it was kind of overweight. A real nice guy. He had a good work. He has a nice family, nice house two real nice cars, but he's, he, he's like really overweight. He was really overweight. So we do the weekly check-ins and uh, they say, clients send me pictures. I have a real, you know, a comprehensive questionnaire that they always fill in for check-ins. And uh, I remember this was around mid-May. Uh, so he was roughly three months in, no, two months in, real May, yeah, two and a half months in. And he had lost roughly two kilos that like four and a half pounds. And he, this guy, this guy had like close to hundred pounds to lose. And he wrote, yeah, it was a good week. And I said, dude, what was good with this week? Really? You know, be honest and stop lying to, to yourself. And I said, what do you mean? I said, you've been on the program for this many weeks and you, you say that it, it's a good, it, it was a good week and you're still, you know, down at that fat loss rate. That's really bad. And I said, really, you, mean, you think that? I said, yeah. And the, the big reason is you're, you're lying to yourself, you're lying to kids, and you're lying to your wife. I said, well, why? I said, that is, that is committed to the program. He eats <laughs> like this. He trains like this many times a week, but he ain't getting results. Why is that? One weekend, he's, he's with his working friends to, to, to another country where they go there by boat and, you know, of course, live what they live. Another weekend, there's this even going on. This week, he was sick and blah, blah. There's always these excuses. And I said, that, you know, this needs to stop. He said, okay, yeah, you might be right. And um, then he asked me, yeah, you have, you have two sons? I said, yeah. And he has two teenage, young teenage kids. And he asked me, can I ask you a question? But sure. Uh, my kids ain't listening to me. Do you have any advice as a father to tell me he's roughly 10 years younger than me? And I said, yeah, I wouldn't listen to you either. And I said, what? I said, what would we just talk about? You know, about lying to yourself and this part. I wouldn't listen to you. So there's nothing, nothing crazy going on when your kids ain't listening to you. And he got mm. so angry, so angry. And I thought, okay, this is the last time I heard from this guy. It was mid-May. Around by the end of June, he, he sent me a short, short text message and, and wrote, wrote me, Ronnie, you were right. So after that, um, we had a check-in last Tuesday, and he has, he has lost, I don't know exactly what is in pounds, but 13 kilos. That's roughly 
a bit below 30 pounds since we had our, you know, confrontation back in May. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people that really needs to hear the truth. Uh, it's also, it might be hard to take the truth because it, it's hurtful. You know, you have this voice inside of you telling you that it's right, but it's, uh, yeah, I have a hard time to adapt to it. So um, I think that's one thing when you talk about the mindset that you also need to, you know, really see things as they are. That doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not the person being rude to people, but I, I also want to be the person being honest and not just, you know, being a customer service. <laughs> so does that happen quite a bit? Like you kind of, you kind of, you kind of burn somebody over the, over the phone and then they, they get real mad and leave. And then, and uh, then they may or may not come back a couple months later, or is that, is that pretty common? Uh, I mean, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not a rude person or, or sure. I don't, I don't want to be a mean person, but I also think that love ain't lies. You need to be honest to people and then you need to be honest to yourself. Um, because there's a lot of, as we said in the, in the earlier discussion, there's a lot of ways of making these excuses for your, you know, behavior and being a soft person, really. In yeah. society today, and and uh, you know, compare that to uh, you know a few ten years back, ten years, twenty, thirty years, forty years, people change, the behavior change, uh, everything changes in society, and and uh, if we just you know keeping our eyes closed and, and uh, thinking that everything's okay, because today you can't really you know call anyone out or or tell anyone anything straight up, mm-hmm. and you're offending them or whatever. So I think that's one thing that that I really see as, as a bad, bad direction. Yeah. Where it's going. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm part of that. To be yeah, I, I, I really, no, I do. I, I do agree. And, you know, I think the word offensive and making you upset because I told you something you just didn't want to hear, I think are two different things right there. Mm-hmm. Like offensive is like you just being outlandish yeah. and you're just trying to hurt me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I consider that offensive. Um, but if you're telling somebody that's some something that they need to hear, that's really for their own good. I, you know, I'm offended is mm-hmm. just not a good enough reason to not listen. You know, but I mean, like this guy, he he had to let, let that message sink in for a while, mm-hmm. weeks, and then he just, you know, realized, okay, if if he maybe do some does some small changes, let's see where he goes because he, he knew inside his the, 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 the voice inside him, his, his, himself told him that something is change. And he started making small changes, and when he, you know, when now we're, when we talk, everything's good back home. His kids are, are you know, listening to him. His his work pals is, is working together with him in different ways. His marriage is better. Everything's better when you start start stop lying to yourself and start committing to 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 the commitments. Really, yeah, I think it's helpful that when you have somebody who can kind of be that, like you had that out that person on the outside looking in. Um, because there are lots of things, particularly with kids, they can see your contradictions. You may think yeah, they're yeah. not. They may not see it or they may not be hip to it or what else, but you know, I can, from my own experience, I can tell you like the contradictions between words and actions are pretty obvious and yeah, that will cause people to just kind of like disregard anything you tell them like whatever, man, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I, you know, I worked as a teacher or I stopped working as a teacher. 11 years ago now. So that's quite a while ago, but, um, I worked with, with foreign kids, you know, kids mm-hmm. coming from, uh, from different kind of, or different place in the world, um, with, from different cultures. 
so I, I saw that there was so, so many ways of treating people, treating family, depending on what culture they came in from, uh, respecting people in different way. And, and uh, when I compared that, you know, I had, I had seven kids, seven uh, young guys, age 13 to 19 in my group. No one spoke Finnish, no one spoke English. So we didn't have like a common language. And uh, comparing those to, you know, the, the uh, so to speak, normal kids, you know, living here, there was a huge difference, really, you know, both in good and bad. But um, as I said, you know, no, no one no one's listening and people just like, you know, blow, blowing the wind. Um, there's a huge, huge difference in, in, in cultures. I don't know about, you know, you guys in, in, in the U.S., I'm, I'm not that familiar to the school system and, and uh, that part, but uh, over here, I feel it's, it's getting more and more, um, you know, the schools are getting more and more pressure where they should be learning different things. But uh, I mean, I think everything starts back home, like really. That where that that's the place where the foundation needs to be be, be set, and uh, you know as long as the, the the parents are lying to themselves, you know why would the kids listen? Well, the school system here in the U.S. is pretty. It's all over the place, really. It's kind of divided. I mean, where I live, there's always been kind of like a, and there's even now so more, uh, more of an a big emphasis on trying to make you know our town Ames, Iowa, to be welcoming and warm to people coming in from other towns and other cultures and other communities. And, um, you know, I applaud that. I mm -hmm. really do. Um, and it, it, I mean, I guess that's about where it ends. You know, it's a, it's a good, it's a good policy. There is some problems with it where, you know, you can kind of in some school districts where they kind of like the school systems kind of try to uh, intercede into areas of the family that, are really are not their realm to be in. But, you know, like I said, you'll find a mixture of it all anywhere you go. It's all yeah. kind of, it's very, it's very divided. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, so, all right. So now kind of going to the business end of things here. So PVT Labs. Okay. So, yes. yeah, I, I kind of, I got P, oh, PTV Labs. Yeah, there we go. There we go. There so, we go. Yeah, yeah. My bad. I think. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> There's my dyslexia for you, but uh, uh, going to that a little bit more. So you're the chief operating officer, is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm doing pretty much the everything that people don't see outwards. Of course, they see the products. I design the products, but but everything that's built up when it comes to the to the business strategy, the, the, the marketing strategy, um, that's a lot of my, uh, you know, that's a lot of on my plate. Say so. Um, and it's, uh, if you go to Instagram and for example, or, or our, um, web shop, uh, I think we're, yeah, we're a Finnish brand, we're a Scandinavian brand. And, uh, what we want to do is, is to, you know, build a community where people find something they, they, they like, they want to like be part of something. I know you guys in, in the U S you're, you're really good at this, but over here, you ain't seeing really a lot of brands doing that. Most brands are selling pills and powders. They have great products, they have great quality, they have great business setups, but I feel many brands are missing out on the brand identity. So that's where we want to make a big push. And the, uh, the main owner, uh, Joel, he's one of my best, absolute best friends, he's a big influencer in Finland. So he has uh, around 10% of the Finnish population is following him in some kind of way, social media, YouTube, whatever. 
So uh, we have a good platform and, um, you know, we're working real close together. We started business roughly one and a half year ago from, from scratch. Uh, we actually had a, a mutual web shop where we sold. It was like an influencer web shop where he was the influencer and, and uh, the work I had back then in, in Germany. That was one of the shops we were running. So uh, we were selling a lot of, I think it was like 27 different brands. And he was the influencer of the, of the store. But when I told him that, I, you know, I'm leaving the ship because I had my health to take care of. And he was like, okay, man, what are I going to do? So I had, <laughs> I had written up three different scenarios for him where one of them was, you know, doing the, the own brand, making the own brand. And then I had, I'm also a visionary. So I, I had, you know, written down or actually more or less painted down in, in PowerPoint what I thought it could look like. And he, after after that, he said, there's just one way of go, one way going here. And that was like, you know, do, doing your own shit. But he said, there's one thing to it. I said, what's that? You're going to, you need to be a part of it. Hmm. Said, okay, let's do it. So we started off there and we launched it on, the, on uh, January the 27th, 2022. And, uh, you know, going from scratch to number one in Finland. And now we're also looking into, you know, slowly starting looking into different markets. But uh, we're still wor working on, you know, uh, being number one in Finland and getting a foot, foot drill set down more and more. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things happened throughout the one and a half year, we started off with seven products. Now we're having seven, eight products in line. And uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a real crazy ride actually. So you see one of the, uh, one of the things about um, some of the products that are out in where you live in Finland is that one of the things they don't emphasize is brand recognition. In other words, people don't really feel any kind of emotional attachment nah. to their products. And it's just not something that's really kind of cultivated in Finland or in Scandinavia in general, but it is more so in the, in the United States. I think that probably is due to a big culture difference, honestly, yeah, so. but, um, but brand recognition to you, what does that really even mean? Well, I mean, when you feel that you're part of something, you want to be part of something, you also start living more and more towards that. Um, our brand is, is a lot built a lot about or around being doing things in a good way, like doing things seriously, but not being too serious, you know. So we have we have a lot of muscle, we have a lot of, of uh, tattoos, we have a lot of, of kind of you know high life feeling, driving the G Wagon Mercedes, the Ferraris, having the thick you know golden chains, um, yeah, muscle tattoos, good looking girls. You know, and who wouldn't like that, really? To be honest, right. who would like that? Right. <laughs> uh, where our audience is is um, mainly our core audience is uh, from seventeen to thirty-two, but where you know, looking at the larger demography, it's even wider, both men and women. So uh, what we're trying to do is balance up that part. So we're like, you know, both attracting uh, you know our guys and girls following us and um, making them more and more involved in our business. So I, I like to build a kind of open community um, set up where, you know, everyone's sitting at the table. That's why mm -hmm. you know, the, the inner circle we're having in, in our team, that's that's our, our PTV Labs family. So where I, I like the way of thinking where, you know, everything, everyone's sitting at the same table eating because it's, it's nice to eat together when you have a good time, right? But you also need to sit down at the same table when it's raining outside or raining inside right. or just right. in the blowing cold wind. So uh, there's a lot of open communication. There's a lot of, of uh, 
motivational stuff going on and, uh, you know, keeping everyone aware of what, what we're doing, really. So instead of growing the family super big, I, I always want to try to make the most out of the least before moving on. So, so that's the strategy behind the brand. And, and uh, so far, I mean, so far, everything's moving on real, real well. And I'm um, real blessed and thankful to be, be part of it. And you think that's, you think that's, uh, well, you, I guess, you know, that that's very much uh, an anomaly in Scandinavia where they just don't, they don't, they don't, you know, cultivate a, an idea or a feeling of family. It's just kind of more like it's a business and there's a, and there's a real um, compartmentalization between life and of business and family. I think, I think there's also differences inside of Scandinavia because Finland is, is one part we have Sweden, Norway, Denmark, and Iceland. And I would say um, me being a Finnish, a spe- Swedish speaking Finn, I've also been working for a Swedish company back in, in a, few, a few years ago, like a big fitness company. And uh, I think they brought the, the family feeling into my way of thinking as well. You know, and that's the family feeling that I've been taking with me from, from that work. It was an amazing ride as well. But uh, something we ain't seeing that much here. You know, it, it's more about this, uh, my thing, this is our, our way of doing it. This is, you know, don't look here. <laughs> I ain't going to tell you nothing. So yeah. uh, I want to break that way of thinking both in, in, uh, in the supplement business, but also in the uh, coaching business. You know, there, there ain't any, any things that I can talk about really. If, if someone calls me up and asks me, Hey Ronnie, you know, what do you think about that? I'll tell them straight up. There's no secrets because I know, I know what I'm doing. And if I can help someone doing it better in, in their, you know, their end, why not? All right. I don't see it as a threat. Mm-hmm. I, I think if we start operating from a fair, of losing things, that's when we start losing. When we operate through a, a feeling of, or a thought of, of gaining something, helping someone, you know, that makes at least me feel better. And I know that, you know, I can help someone to get a better life, get a better, uh, make a better decision. Why not? Why, why, why wouldn't I do it? You know, and that doesn't right. mean that person needs to pay me something for it. Of course, if he or she works with me, that's one thing, but, um, you know, giving a small advice in the right direction. I think that's something we all should do if we, if we know better. Something that, you, that I've detected, and this, I will say this, this is true of a lot of people who are very successful, is that they they do things that they, they do the things they do because they really love it. Yeah. And, you know, the more successful a person is, it seems like the more generous they tend to be because they want to spread their generosity or they want to give someone I've, and I've had this in, I've encountered this myself. Mm-hmm. When I ask somebody who's doing better in me, it's like, like, Hey man, how do you do this? How'd you get that? Blah, blah, blah. And they, they don't break my balls over it saying, well, no, 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 man, no, that's my secret. I'm not going to give you that, you know, figure this out for yourself. No, they just, they just come on and tell me, it's like, no, I just do this. You know, you can do this, go to this website, go download this app. They do all this stuff here. It doesn't charge you a dime. Super no. simple. And I do the same from uh, for other people who are kind of in the same game. It's like when, especially like developing content to put on the line, stuff mm-hmm. like that, because, you know, I played around with it enough. I know a lot of tricks at this point. Yeah, and I've yeah. had people like, Hey, how'd you do that? That looks really neat. You know? Yeah. And I think it, how you approach people, uh, you know, when we talk to someone, someone might say, or tell me about a great business idea they have, or, uh, you know, something they've been, been, you know, doing well with. And then I, you know, instead of asking them, something about their business. I asked, you know, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. Can we do something together? Maybe, you know, yeah. 
open up the door instead of you know keeping the door closed and you know keeping up both hands so no, no right. one just can get in. Yeah. And I think that's a cultural thing here as well. Um, you, you'll you'll meet both ends for sure. Yeah. But I think mm-hmm. it's more about the you know my stuff, our stuff, my secret, our secret. You know, wait till no one. So so I want to break that pattern definitely uh, in within the business I'm I'm you know cooperating with. And so you got the uh, PTV Labs going on. You're also part. You're also a coach at called uh, Bulls Out. Did I read that right? Yeah, yeah I'm actually coaching for for three different in three okay. different uh, three different companies. One is called Bulls All Out. Mm-hmm. One of my my best friends, uh, Jari Mental. He's a, a, a former IFBB pro. Yeah, um, he's a European champion in, in bench press. He has like a, a huge track record, crazy track record. So his coaching is one of the biggest in Finland when it comes to competitive uh, athletes. So I'm, I'm part of that. Then I also coach for uh, PTV Muscle, which is the same owner uh, as, as the, the PTV Labs. So, so me mm-hmm. and Joel, we have the coaching business well together, where I coach mostly, let's say, normal people. You know, the one that want to lose five kilos or want to gain to one inch to, to the bicep or something like that. You know, mostly young people, but also a bit elder. Then I'm also, um, you know, due to my health history, I'm also specialized and, and put a lot of time, effort and money into understanding the body, body's hormonal function and also PEDs. So uh, I have my own, my own coaching called rgtraining.com, mm-hmm. where I also coach people when it comes to fitness, Nutrition and mindset. That's like the the I wouldn't call it like a low ticket program, but the, the entry ticket program or entry program where most people come in. I'll help them get you know get in shape. I help them get their mind right. I help them get uh, you know off any abuse might be drugs, alcohol, uh, you know way of using money, whatever that ain't going well. And uh, a lot of those clients actually more and more uh, also at some point when they realize that man, I healed. You help me heal myself. Mm-hmm. I want to help my friends heal themselves as well. Can you help me how to help them? So I also coach those people to become yeah, some kind of coach. So I have the, the professional program where I you know, help them get rid of their biases, their you know, extend extra kilos and then get in shape, but also coach um, athletes, you know, run, going to a show and stuff like that. And, and that's a professional program. Then I also have the elite program where I help them coach others. So um, there's a lot of layers into the business. There's a real emphasis on service, I've noticed. Yeah, I think so. And, and uh, you know, also um, uh, personal development. I think that's the big thing when it comes to my coaching. Yeah, providing them with, with cutting edge information and, and uh, no bullshit when it comes to, you know, Nutrition, training, PEDs, health, mindset—it's uh, it's a big, it's a big unit actually. But um, depending on if, if it's client that come in, comes in with weight loss goals or or want to gain weight or want to compete or want to get away from from you know abusing alcohol, drugs, they all need to start working with themselves. That mm-hmm. will start with everyone. So uh, that's how I build up my 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 own kind of way of coaching. See. So- you're involved in a whole lot of different things here. So um, what's next for you? <laughs> I, I work a lot. But I, I actually, as I told you just a while ago, I, I 
I never initially done it for the money. I also yeah. always had a passion. I always been obsessed with, you know, getting better, you know, growing myself, developing myself, personal development. And uh, when I experienced that, I, I always kind of reached the next thing, the next level. And um, at, at some point, yeah, there's going to be some, some dollars or euros to, to earn as well, as well. And then, you know, when you keep going and doing the same things, getting better at it, you get more eyeballs on you. Um, we get more eyeballs. You get to talk to more people. When you talk to more people, they all, they, they're going to realize that, Hey, you probably can help me in some kind of way. And then we start working together. And, uh, that's pretty much where we are today with, with everything. So I don't have any, you know, what's the next big thing, because, uh, I think, um, right now I'm in, in a real good position. I'm super thankful and grateful for each day. I'm, I, I feel that I'm here on, at, you know, playing overtime. Because five years ago, if, if I hadn't, if my wife hadn't forced me to go to the, uh, you know, to, to the doctor showing my, uh, my birthmarks, we wouldn't have discussion right now. I mean, it was, it was close. So, um, I feel that after the stroke as well, I mean, I feel blessed of, for, for each day. And as I said, you know, I think the most showing gratitude to this is, uh, you know, to light towards life is getting up and showing it each day. And uh, mm -hmm. not making ex excuses to, to stay in bed, to, to choose the easy route. Um, you know, getting up, being grateful, showing you being grateful for, yeah, this specific day, and also getting results. I think progress is is being grateful. When you get progress, that's showing, you know, creator that you're grateful for being here. And uh, that's something that I also see a lot of people not really understanding or they don't see the alignment between, you know, being committed and getting results that that's, you know, upon being grateful. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of things happening throughout, you know, the years right. where I started bodybuilding where I'm now, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm happy for it. All right. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, being grateful, I mean, sometimes the gratitude is hard. You have to look, you have to really look for it. You have to really try to find things in your life that are going well for you. And you have to be grateful for it. I do. I can say this because I do this every night when I journal, mm -hmm. I list out at least 10 different things I'm grateful for. The list is pretty repetitive from one day to the next. Yeah, it's always yeah, kind sure, of, sure. It's, you know, it's usually about the same. If it's 10 items and it's usually about eight of them are different or same from one day to the next year, but it's, it's not about, you know, constantly finding new things to be grateful for. It's just about um, actually expressing that gratitude and actually recognizing it. And when you put it on paper, you see it in front of you. It's like, oh, that's good. You know, I've got two healthy kids. Grateful. I've got a job. Grateful. You know, the sun, the weather was really nice today. It's not, it's been like the heat index these last couple of days have been murder. <laughs> so yesterday it was very nice. It, it was nice to be out and walk in very uh, even temperature. So that was, I was grateful for that, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah it's, it, it can be like, a, it's like flexing a muscle. It takes work, but it, it's, it's, it's a cornerstone of just about everything. I think it's, it, yeah, it definitely takes work. And I, as I see it, you know, how, how you define yourself, you know, we start with thoughts. And then it goes over to, to, to your self-talk and then it, you know, the, the action takes over. So if, if that part, if any part of is, is missing or not in, in aligned with your, with your goal, with your purpose, um, I, I think it's real hard to build a system, you know, a system where you're, um, 
that is is, is aligned to your goals. And then the, when you start operating through the system, not your feelings, you know, mm-hmm. then when you start, that's where you start getting the results as well. Because as we said, you know, you, staying in bed in, in the early morning, I, you know, most people like that or would choose that over the other one. But I think it's also about, you know, finding the, the, the purpose or pleasure and choosing purpose or pleasure more and more often. So um, and that's been a huge switch for me as well. When it comes to, you know, building up my foundation, my daily routine right. and my people talk about a lot, a lot about motivation. You know, I'm not motivated in doing this and I'm my motivation is lacking. Man, that you know, your 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 discipline is lacking. You don't yeah. you're missing discipline because yeah. if you can't commit to different things and you start, as we said, you know, negotiating to yourself with yourself, how can you say you're disciplined? You, you ain't. And if you ain't got the discipline, it's totally impossible to, to gain or keep or maintain motivation. And if you don't right. have the motivation, you know, what's going to bring you, what's going to push you to, to make things better. You tell me it ain't going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and then you just start, you know, frequency getting lower. You start looking at yourself in, in a more pity way, you be the victim. And all of a sudden, you know, the same thing happens to, to you. That happened to me back in the days when I started prioritizing, prioritizing myself pretty, you know, I wouldn't say poorly, but way too poorly. So it's, it's, a, it's a spiral. And I think something needs to happen for most people to wake up, get out of spiral. But, um, you know, like me, I, I was swimming in real deep water, like real deep water. So um, there's always choice. I mean, you can you can choose being the victim or you can choose manning up and, and uh, you know, starting to, 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 to being accountable again. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it actually ain't that hard, but it's still not that easy for most people. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely true. Well, Ronnie, uh, as we start to wind down here, we have a closing tradition on this podcast where the guest gives the kind of a part, some parting words to the people who are listening here. So if you could leave people with one thing to remember, if nothing else, what would that one thing be? I would say, you know, with everything you do, you need to lead from the front, you know, by showing your own example, um, showing that there's always solution uh, with, with, you know, depending on how you treat yourself, how you talk to yourself, that's gonna, that's gonna show other ones, you know, what your, your, your self-worth and focus on yourself, not the goal, focus on being better. You focus on not sucking be, on, on being you, um, <laughs> I think, I think that's where everyone should start because when, when, when you're healed, uh, your potential is, is just, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's all up to you, really. Ronnie, thanks so much for your time, man. Thank you, Sean. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, those of you listening, of course, um, all the contact information, website and social media for Ronnie will be posted in the show notes. You know, the look for them there as they always there, obviously. And um, my uh, contact information will be there as well. And uh, again, my guest today was Ronnie Niami. Correct, sir. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I'm still saying you're right. Ronnie yeah. Niami. <laughs> um, he's based in uh, Finland. Uh, he was gracious enough to take time out of his evening. The big uh like I said, the big scheduling gap uh, time zones can be can be kind of troublesome when you're doing this virtually. But um, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate yeah. the conversation. I really appreciate you kind of opening up your life to me and to everyone that's listening. So, and um, 
Everyone listening, this is the Fitness Reborn Podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, and I'll see you next time. Until then, move forever. Peace out. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments, cancel anytime. Every little bit helps, and I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes, and you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And you never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace.